0: Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. Halfway through the sermon, this dude is terrible today. <laughs> terrible. Okay. So, so I already said I believe we see this unity between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit interceding on our behalf. Um, So I'm just going to continue here because I was off. So what to say to God? Jesus is speaking to the Father on your behalf. God is working out His will in your life. Trust Him. Trust Him. You're never alone. This thought came to me early this morning. God knows your weaknesses, your struggles, your heartaches. He knows our human condition He is for you, according to his will. Now, not according to your will or my will, right? Sometimes we think, oh God, why did you do this? Oh God, why did you not do this? So it's according to his will, not my plan for my life. It's according to God's sovereign will. Be encouraged, take heart. God is always trustworthy he always has your best interests in view sometimes I'm afraid to pray and run back to God when I sin right and so I'll stay gone a little longer which is always you know which is always bad news right but sometimes I can just have something on my mind that that I'm struggling with and, and I don't take it to God sometimes because I want to figure it out or watch this I might be afraid that God's going to work it out in a way differently than I think he should work it out. So I don't bring it to God. God's going to work it out anyway. His will is going to be done regardless of all that I just went through. His will is going to be done regardless of all that you just went through. Oh, I was just talking about me, not you. So so when we come to verse 28, this will come into play again. And I'm going to read verse 28 again because it is so often one of the misused, misquoted, abused verses uh, in the Word of God. I'm going to read it again. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Take a deep breath, y'all. So we say in verse 28, what do we know? What do we know? We know that God causes all things together. To work together for good to those who love God. Amen. A long time ago I figured out that I would never say that to somebody who was experiencing a deep or grieving loss in their life. And so I stopped saying that to people because sometimes it's just that trite Christian thing that I say and it's and it and it's one of the abuses of this verse. When someone has lost a loved one, when someone is going through something terrible, um they want comfort. They need love. Sometimes they just need me to be quiet. That ministry of presence. You know? Sometimes, uh, Diane said, <laughs> we were talking yesterday. Sometimes people just want your presence. Sometimes people just want to know you're there. They want you to mind your own business. Mind your own business, but I know you're there because you love me. Sometimes I don't have to have a response. Sometimes I just need to be there. So I stop saying that to people, right? and then I broke my rule. <laughs> I broke my rule, I, I was studying Friday and, and someone hit me up and they had a terrible loss and I said, you know, I'm just sitting here reading this and I can't help myself. And so we started talking about it some and and I guess the way the conversation went that I was an encouragement to my brother in Christ Friday, but but yeah, so we said that this is one of the most misquoted verses, misused verses in the Bible. This is a promise for believers. This is not a promise for everyone. People who don't know Christ, we've talked about that in great detail. Currently, until they come to know Christ, they're enemies of God destined for God's wrath. Why? Because, Because the sin problem that they have has not been taken care of yet. So one, this is for believers. This promise in verse 28 is for followers of Jesus, children of God, and picture You know, it's probably a good thing God doesn't pull the curtain back for us. For everything that you pray about that you want, and you just think that that's what, I just think that's what I need. Behind the curtain, God might be doing 10,000 other things, all working in conjunction to accomplish His will. And that little teeny tiny thing that I'm worried to death about is just this one little piece of what God is working out in His ultimate will. Why? Because he's a sovereign God in the universe. If he's hearing your prayers, he's hearing yours. If he's hearing your prayers, he's hearing yours. So, so God's not, while God hears you, loves you, know how many hairs are on your head. Some of us have less now than we used to. Few of us don't have any at all, and some of us have a whole bunch. So, so God knows that. He loves you. He cares about you deeply. You have a personal relationship, but he has a personal relationship with several million other of his children all over the world too. And God is working out his will. He's accomplishing his purposes, of which you and I know very, that's little, that means little, very little, I just made that up, very little <laughs> about. And, and so we, we have this, hopefully, this greater understanding. Um, so I don't know if any of you know who Johnny Erickson Tata is, but she's an inspirational speaker, singer, and author. Uh, she's a quadriplegic who has been confined to a wheelchair for over 40 years. When people ask her why God allows suffering, she often says, God allows what he hates to accomplish what he loves. I know, right? Deep, right? This lady loves Jesus. Oh, I will. God allows what he hates to accomplish what he loves. Now, we know about from the book of James. God does not, God cannot do evil. God cannot commit evil. God does not tempt others to do evil. So we know that about the nature and character of our perfect God, right? But Johnny's life and ministry are a stunning testimony of how God can use a tragedy like a paralyzing diving accident to impact the lives of millions of people. A lady named Lori Hatcher at Crosswalk.com had written an article about uh, about Johnny, and I'm just old enough that no she, uh, diving off a pier. Yes, promise. She only because I reread it this morning. I might not have been so confident. Uh, yeah, so it was one of those horrible diving accidents, and, and I think if I, if memory serves me correctly, she's not a whole lot older than me. She was paralyzed about 40 years. She was about 17 or 18, 18 or 19 when it happened, um, but. Imagine being a quadriplegic from the age of 20, and she has spent the last 40 years not living in despondency and depression, and God only knows what she's gone through, I don't know, but using that to serve God and to love people. she millions of people all over the world have been encouraged and come to christ because of her testimony so we don't always know and understand what god's will and god's purpose is so we read that verse right that god is working for our good for all who love god but to those who are the called according to his purpose and we're going to talk about this calling again in just a moment, but God has called you, follower of Jesus, Christian, God's called you according to his purpose, for his purposes and his will. So, so it's not all about me. Oh, somebody should have gotten me that t-shirt a long time ago. Some people who I love dearly have told me that. Charlie, it's not all about you. Uh, you know, I should have the t-shirt, it's not all about me near the bottom or is it? No, no. So but you see, that's the thing. Sometimes God's will for me might include some suffering. Sometimes God, not because God does evil or God causes evil in His um in, in, in His will, but permissively because of the evil in the world my sin impacts your life. Your sin impacts someone else's life. Someone commits a violent sin. They commit an act of violence against someone and hurt them or kill them. That is that freedom of choice, that will to sin or, or not to sin uh, in, in that state. And I said I wasn't going to go there this morning, and I started to go there. But the Word of God says, Christian, you have been called not for whatever you want to do, but for what God's purpose is. Now, here's a beautiful thing. God has built you and God is shaping you into the person he wants you to be. And you, exercising your spiritual gifts and living in the will of God and walking in the spirit like we've been talking about, you will live a joyful life, amen? Even when you experience some loss, even when you experience suffering, and I'm not minimizing anyone's suffering, you live in chronic pain, you experience suffering... But if you're walking in the Spirit, living according to God's purpose for your life, not only are you going to persevere and get through it, but you're going to persevere, get through it, and have some joy in your life. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Maybe it's me. Somebody needs to hear that this morning, that no matter what else you are going through, God is calling and has called you, yes, uh, according according to His purpose. And when I am walking in His purpose, purpose is, I will have some peace in my life. I may not always be happy, happy, joy, joy boy, but, but I will have a level, a baseline of peace and understanding in my life, watch this, not because of who I am, but because of who God is, amen? So this is what it means being called according to His purpose. This is not some nice little verse to pat somebody on the head and make them feel good because it might not. God might be bringing some suffering in their life for a reason. A whole lot of reasons. And I'm not even going to go into those and you'll be glad because I don't want to throw any rocks. (laughs) Duck, (laughs) y'all. But so, so here we move on into verses 29 and 30. And look, people have... People have wrecked their Christianity and lost friendships over these two verses, y'all. And so I'm going to be careful, and I'm also going to be um, more brief than usual here. But in 29 and 30, we see, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Those whom he predestined, he also called. These whom he called, he also justified. These whom he justified, he also glorified. Listen. The eternal God of the universe knew, created you for a purpose, created you for salvation, chose you and called you. Listen, God don't have a problem with us and neither do I. He told the Israelites, he said, I'm God. I called you because I love you. I chose you and I called you. Not because you're great, not because you were mighty, not because you were pretty. I don't think he said pretty. But he said all the other ones. God said, I didn't call you because you were great and mighty in number. He said, I called you because I love you. I called you and chose you because I love you. That's what he told the Israelites. That's what he's still telling us in Jesus Christ today. And the reality is, I don't know who's going to become a follower of Jesus and who is. I didn't know I was going to become a follower of Jesus until I did. So I don't have... I don't have a huge problem with this wrestling between human choice and free will and the calling and choosing and predestination of God. I just, I don't have, I mean, I always like to talk about theology and, and, and wrestle with the harder things. And this is one of the harder things. I'm not, I'm not trying to oversimplify it. I'm simply stating that here. As a matter of fact, I'm more concerned here about your calling and my calling. Uh, If we were to do this, what the heck, we're going to look at Ephesians 4.1 because I didn't type it up, just to quote it here. So I'm going to turn there. Paul says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. He said, Ephesian Christians... You have been called to be followers of Jesus, children of God. Therefore, walk in a manner, live a lifestyle worthy of your calling. So God, and Paul says this very easily in his letters, and he says it often. Um, I think I have it right. If we went back to John chapter 8, if I get it wrong, I'll just be embarrassed. John 8. Yep, I got it wrong. (laughs) All right. We're going to move on. No, we're not. It's John 15:16. John 15:16. Talking about abiding. John 15:16. Listen to what Jesus says to his disciples in this great chapter. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. As a matter of fact, he slips one in there. This I command you, that you love one another. But Jesus makes it very clear to his disciples, hey, you didn't choose to follow me, I chose you. In John chapter 16, Jesus goes a little further when he's telling the, um, the disciples about the future. He says the Holy Spirit my spirit who's gonna come in my name he will convict you of sin and righteousness and judgment so even when one comes to their salvation to the knowledge of their salvation and accepts Christ, becomes a follower of Jesus it is because the Holy Spirit made you aware of your sinfulness and and even prompted that in you I, if I didn't use the exact good word there that I would have liked go back and read the passage in John chapter 16, it's very clear. That is even the work of the Holy Spirit in calling us and convincing us of our sinfulness when he calls us to salvation. Why is that so important? We go back to our text. He says, he foreknew me, he predestined me, and he called me. So from eternity past, God called you to salvation if you are his child. If you're not a Christian, If you're not a Christian yet, today, that time may not have come for you. Maybe today is the day that you confess your sins, become a follower of Jesus, become God's child. But he says, he called you, he also justified you. Remember, we talked a lot about justification in the book of Romans. You guys know what it is. This is the righteousness of Christ. This is Jesus taking my place when he went to the cross, paying for my sins. The judge declared me not guilty, and I got to go home. But Jesus stayed and paid the price for my crimes. That's your justification, amen? And then he even says, um, our glor- that, um, and these whom he justified, he also glorified. We're also we're in that process of sanctification now, but there will come that day when you and I will ultimately be glorified with Christ. That that we will have eternal bodies, that we will live in the presence of the Lord forever. And so this what, what Paul's saying here is, and I don't even um, I got so carried away I skipped in verse 29 where he talks about being conformed to the image of his Son. You know, that word metamorpho metamorso in the Greek language really is a metamorphosis. You're being changed from one thing into the other. What, al- what else? This is a very important thing that happens to you and me when we become followers of Jesus. You are becoming, you are changing, you are becoming more like Jesus. Amen. There are periods in my life where I don't feel it. (laughs) Then i got to confess my sin and get going again, right? But this is a work that God does in which I participate. God does the work, but I participate in my obedience in becoming more like Christ. But it is God who is doing the changing. It is God who is doing the changing. So I'm being conformed. I've been justified, right? He says here, I have been called... We are uh, predestined, called, justified, and glorified. Jesus was the firstborn among many sons. And we're even referred to here, us, as brothers and sisters. That we are the first fruits of the Spirit. We've talked about that in this chapter as well. So where do we go? In verses 29 and 30 we see, again, God knows what he is doing. Even though we know in verse 28 that God causes all things to work together for good, when he says that we know that as believers, I think there's some a level of maturity there that God is growing us into an understanding of his sovereignty and who he is. Remember, I always say that the, the nature and character of God is very important. Uh, I've totally gone south on y'all and not even looked at my oh, we're doing okay. Okay. So, we don't always know what we're doing. God knows our weaknesses. There are some things we should know. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing eternally. But what are some of the implications of that? Remember we said um, some things we need to own it and know it, right? We appropriate it and then we apply it, right? (sighs) Pray and seek God. And when you don't know how or what to pray, ask the Holy Spirit to pray for you. I've done that before, I promise you. Like, I took it a step further, and I don't know if this was blasphemy or honesty, so y'all be careful. There was a time I, didn't, I wasn't doing right in my life, and I knew it, and I didn't care, but I knew better. And I said, God, I said, God, make me willing, make me willing to want to pray for forgiveness. Make me willing to surrender. My, I'm not even willing right now, God. I'm living in open rebellion. And, and God answered that prayer in my life, But be careful! Be careful! I know I did that because I had this understanding that the Holy Spirit knows what His children need, uh, even when we don't. God knows your heart, your desires, your needs, and what He has planned for you. Listen, this still is part of the celebration here in Romans chapter eight. God has a great plan for your life. I write that often. I wrote it in some of our graduates' cards today because it's so important to know you are that important to god you have so much value to god god has a plan for your life he does and look it's fulfilling and it's joyful and you'll have peace in it and it doesn't matter who you are where you come from what you look like or what you or what you have done it doesn't god has a purpose for you pursue that pursue that like you've never pursued anything Read God's Word. Know your spiritual gifts and passions and pursue God's purposes for you. God built you. He created you. He knows you. He loves you. Therefore, when you are living in the plan that He has for you, you can't help but have some peace and joy in your life. But again, don't confuse. I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Don't confuse your will with God's will. Don't confuse what you want with what God's purposes and will is. Some of God's will and purposes we just don't understand fully. Does God purpose for people to suffer? Why then do we experience evil, suffering, and death? What is God doing there? These are deep and difficult questions, but don't ever don't ever fall prey to not trusting in God's sovereignty listen we'll all have tests I've shared with you openly I've wrestled with the sovereignty of God in a fresh way uh, uh, since the loss and death of our son Um, so how is God working that out what are God's purposes for me and for Diane and for our family I, I don't fully understand that yet but 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 God is pulling back the curtain God is shining some light there I know this trust in the Lord with all your heart Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. so God is always trustworthy God is always in charge so do, do you love God have you responded to God's call to salvation or a surrendering of your will to God for your life, or God's will for your life. Are you among the called? Are you God's child? If not, let today be that day. Amen? Amen. In a moment, uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, I'm going to honor our graduates, and then we're going to have a little fellowship and some lunch together. Amen. Amen? Amen. Father God, this morning I pray that you encourage the hearts of your people. Father God, I pray that you convince us and convict us of where we need to make adjustments in our lives. Father God, for a Christian who wants to obey you and is just suffering, God, I pray you'll give them them back their joy and their peace, Lord God, let them know that they can just lean into you in this difficult time. They're suffering with chronic pain, with loss, with death of a loved one. Father God, so many are suffering from loss and death. I pray, dear Lord, I pray, dear Lord, that they will just lean into the knowledge that you are always trustworthy and always accomplishing your purposes. And I pray, Father God, for one who may not know you, that today will be the day that you become their Savior. Oh, Father God, in the lives of your children, I pray that we will obey you and grow in your love. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Yes, ma'am. Give God a hand.